1: Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, here with Bill Goldberg. Uh, hello. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? You How are you doing? Uh, doing all right. Getting ready for, uh, for SEMA show and then LA Auto Show. And, and there's plus many other events that I don't think I'm going to be able to get to. But oh, Well, um,
2: I, I, I was going to be jealous uh, because you were going to see the new Dodge unveiling at SEMA, but now I'm not. So.
1: Yeah, the, so many things are 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 changing for sure. Um, but yes, yeah, I mean, you brought up an interesting point uh, uh, already. Some of these companies are pulling out of, of the SEMA show and it has nothing to do with SEMA. It has to, in this particular case, Dodge, all of Stellantis, the Dodge brand, which usually has a big presence uh, in South Hall, um, Especially with,
2: because with, others haven't over the past couple yes, of years.
1: Yes, with with Mopar and the, and had the crate engines and the Jeeps and all that stuff, and then they, I don't know, I, f- I think they did some stuff outside and and some overlanding stuff, and it it was a big presence to have there. um I wonder
2: if you're while you're speaking about the the overall presence, the driving experience.
1: Yeah. So, if if they managed it and foot the bill for it, then they're not going to be there. So what's happening is, is the UAW strike, the union that's on strike. It it's been going on longer than anybody hoped it would. Uh, and the car companies are, are being forced to really cut expenses. So um, that's, that's kind of what's happening. So Dodge is completely pulled out of the SEMA show. I, um, Honestly, in the next few days, I'm not sure who else is is going to make that that sort of change. But uh, it'll be an interesting uh, deal over there. Now, if you got a sponsored car or something, a dollar car or whatever, and you built it for the show, there's still going to be plenty of Dodge Jeep vehicles there. All those builds will be there. Oh, yeah. But but the official corporate booth is is not going to be set up. Uh, And this late in the game, I think it's probably just going to be a lounge here. They're going to set up some high tops and maybe some water stations. And and that's about it because it's going to be a big empty space.
2: Yeah. You know, and I don't want to get into it uh, by any means to the detail we could. But, yeah, you know, remember over the past couple of years when large manufacturers backed out, they tried to fill the spaces with other vendors and it was a shit show. It was either, but they, either th- they filled the spaces or they used them just like you said it's like rest stops or whatever it may be
1: yeah so. and that was a little so they did this thing where they made the aisles like a little bit wider and then they put some rest stops it was actually really nice it was it was easier to get around when they did that but easier yeah um so the other big thing is going to be sema Fest and uh we're gonna talk to uh to the guys from sema about it so actually uh I see Tom is is joining the meeting so let's just um uh we'll bring him in okay so we're welcoming uh Tom Cattuso. Tom's a VP at uh, at Sema and is been tasked with pulling off the Sema Fest <laughs> which by no means is a small feat uh welcome to the show Tom
3: thanks no it's it's fun to be here
1: uh so tell us a little bit about it so uh this was announced a year ago and as as Bill and I are, are been in the entertainment space for a while, working with guys like Adam Carolla. And Bill's been and doing not just acting, but is a veteran of live events, WWE, yeah. WCW, all around the world, you know, uh, can understand what it takes to pull off a live event. So when we heard yeah. this announcement of SEMA Fest, it sounded very interesting. It sounded like fun. And, and I mean this in the best way possible, we got on the podcast and said, give these guys two or three years to kind of work out the kinks. So pull off a, a big live event like this is not a, an easy task to do. The SEMA show, the trade show you guys have been doing for so long, you've kind of got that figured out. And even that's not easy to do again and again and again right. and again, you know, but uh, to add this component to it, um, What's, what, what's been your year look like? This uh...
3: <laughs> it's, it's been a steep learning curve to say the least. Um, yeah. but, but really, the whole evolution of this goes way back where we started doing um, experiential stuff in the parking lot at the SEMA show, starting in like the 2006, 2007 timeframe. And we, we produced an episode of Overhauling out in front of the show, and, and everything just kind of took off. So we've had this, this element of the show where pretty much as soon as you step on campus, you can see and hear and smell our industry in full display. So it's one of these things where we were watching that. And, and when it comes to live events, I'm I'm sort of a student of of the trade and consumer show industry. So I come at it from a very analytical standpoint. And we're looking at the the changing marketplace. So for SEMA during COVID, we actually had our enthusiasts, our end user enthusiasts get closer to the manufacturers. And SEMA is an association essentially of manufacturers and service providers. So our members came to us and said, how do we do more stuff with this end user? And what can we build around that? So when we started to think about it, we added a SEMA membership for an individual a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was our first tie into it to have this direct connection. And then they wanted to come to the SEMA show. And we, we thought, okay, how do we do that and still maintain the, the B2B viability of that event? Because it is just a, an incredible uh, contribution to the automotive industry every year. And it's where innovation and everything happens. So we started to think about creating another event that a consumer could go to that would overlap well with our trade show. And then as fate would have it, the workforce is changing in its dynamic, where right now millennials outnumber boomers in the workforce and millennials are looking, we've been talking about this for years that they were coming, but they're looking for different things. So from a trade show element, they're looking to tie business and leisure together. They're looking for more entertainment. So we thought, okay, if we could build something that this, this younger person in the workforce was going to be able to really get their business done and still check the box on finding value at it. And all this stuff accelerated during COVID because you had you know the, the great retirement or the great resignation or whatever you want to call it. So you have all these new people in the workforce that don't know what to do at a trade show because they haven't been going to them for 20 years. So we had this blank slate and thought, okay, how cool would it be if we could build an event that would be cool for car enthusiasts, but also attract what we called a car curious crowd. So somebody that may not be into cars, but could be into music and tying that music element into it and then getting them excited about drifting or off-roading or freestyle motocross or whatever we could expose them to and converting these car curious people into enthusiasts and really growing the whole base of the automotive lifestyle. So it's an aspirational goal, but it's easy to get there when you're thinking 10 years down the road. and That's kind of where we are. So this is year one of the 10 years and and the learning curve has been steep and the last year has been um, incredible with the amount of stuff we're learning. Um, But now we've got two events that are really coming online um, that are just going to be great.
1: Was the plan always to have them back to back like this or, or because it, it it does feel a little bit like the SEMA show is, is changing, but really there's the SEMA show and then there's SEMA fest right after it. Right. And they're, they're really kind of two events, but, but for those of us that have been going to the SEMA show for 15, 20 years, it feels a little bit like, the SEMA show is changing and turning into this enthusiast thing. Uh, So was having them sort of back to back always the plan or was there supposed to be like three months in between?
3: No, it's always been the plan because we've had SEMA ignited, which was a Friday only event that just went for six hours at the end of the SEMA show. We kind of dubbed that the the after party of the SEMA show. Um, But really it's one of these things where the marketplace is going to dictate what happens with live events because if, if, you, if you create something that nobody goes to, you really haven't created anything. So what we're doing is we're looking at how the marketplace is going to react and this is everything from the manufacturers of products to the distribution network to the end user and be, to be able to capture all of that in one place. So you've got the person that makes it the person that sells it and the person that buys it all interacting together. And they're doing this in a, in a week long, call it SEMA week with different events, it really gives us this opportunity to expand the the width of the automotive marketplace. So we looked at it like that originally, and we're going to see how it goes, because if you can think of like a typical trade show, You have an awards banquet. We have our own awards banquet on Thursday, but if you could have an awards banquet with 30,000 people at it and top bands performing at it, how would the industry feel about something like that? So you could maintain the integrity of the nine to five version of the trade show, but you'd have something for the industry to be able to gather and network and just really have, um, an incredible experience. And, and we're competing with Las Vegas nightlife and, and that type of thing. But when you look at some corporate events, like a Dreamforce, which is Salesforce's um, big gathering every year, and some of these Amazon conferences and that type of thing, they're doing a similar thing. So we're looking at this from a lot of levels and it, it, it really is more analytical than you'd think. It's not just us trying to start a festival, but it's really us trying to figure out what questions is the marketplace asking in five years and can we build an answer for it now and be ready for it as it goes? So I, I, it's it's really exciting to be at the front of that and to have that aspirational vision. But at the same time, we really have to put, you know, put the, the whole thing to a test and and see how it goes. And so far, yeah. the, the, the things are reacting well.
1: So this this the sort of integration of enthusiasts into uh, into the industry i'm a fan of um it it certainly makes sense but what about the evolution of the sema show and i know you're tasked more with sema fest but how mm-hmm. does the trade show itself start to evolve like yeah we've got enthusiasts coming in on friday now there's a handful that are allowed to purchase tickets they can come and see the booths and yeah. i think some manufacturers some exhibitors would say you know we like that but our trade show booth looks different than what a consumer enthusiast booth would look like absolutely right yeah. so uh so they go well how do we how do we make a presentation that makes the most sense for both of those scenarios or or does the Sema show evolve to maybe a, a a selling event is it three days of trade show and then you know two three days of transactions bring enthusiasts in and they're allowed to you know listen <laughs> i'm sure every one of those companies would love to sell more product and um Anybody that's ever moved a booth anywhere, their first thing is, is how do I sell everything that's literally here on the floor because I don't want to bring it home? And then also like how many, how many orders can I get? And then fulfill those orders later, like maybe pre-orders on some new parts or mail order for exhaust kits or whatever. And you can come in, you can see some demos and talk to the salespeople. It's like, like it could be the greatest enthusiast selling event for those, for those companies uh if 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 it sort of evolved into that one day i don't know if that was if that's the plan or how complicated that would be but it it seems like trade show and then huge sema party where's the middle portion you know where's the in all the exhibitors manufacturers getting involved with the enthusiast portion of it
2: and that kind of leads into my question which would be how many what percentage of the original vendors that have been at SEMA all week are going to stay for that, for the, uh, right. The yeah. SEMA. What's
1: in it for them, for the, for the, or is shows, it going sorry. to
2: be just the people that come on Friday and stay for the weekend? So, I mean, obviously a, the goal is to integrate all of it together.
3: <laughs> yeah. So that's the beauty of what we've created where right now, if you, if you just looked at where our exhibit base was, I think of it as 50, 50, we've got, you know, 40% of our exhibitors um, would rather have it be pure B2B when we're talking about the SEMA show and 40% want consumers there and 20% can't decide. So let's just keep doing that 40, 40, let's call it 50, 50. Um, But I really think what's going to happen is we're going to get to a place with order fulfillment where somebody is going to talk to um, a B2B person and a B2C person, and they're not going to necessarily notice how they're going to deliver that product. They're not going to notice there's a difference. And if you look at our industry 20 years ago, WDs were, were how business got done. And they would, they would work the show and, and they would push the products into the retail channels. And there wasn't a big direct connection from a manufacturer to an end user. And now the marketplace has changed, like um, manufacturers now have their own websites, they're selling products direct, they're drop shipping uh, to smaller uh, distribution channels. And as that continues to evolve, I think we're gonna see this 50-50 continue to shift on the side of the consumer. And then that's where we're we're gonna be poised to be able to say, all right, what we've now built will satisfy the marketplace, but we're gonna be able to ebb and flow between the two. And that's been the intent all along. Was let's be prepared for what our industry needs, and deliver it in such a way that they didn't know they needed it until they they got there and said, "Okay, yeah, this is this is what we we've what we wanted in order to be able to continue to grow um, our orders and, and build our fan base."
1: Yeah, uh, I I I agree with that, and it's going to be an interesting. Um, I certainly the evolution of direct sales and mail order on the manufacturer level. You're right. I mean, even even new cars at this point are getting to the point of going. Well, they have to participate with the dealers because there's the dealer network and there's the unions and stuff. But you know, uh, you know, we work. Bill and I work in the beverage industry and it's a three tier system, you know, uh we yeah. have to sell to distributors and distributors have to sell to retailers. But in the industry we're in in, in the alcohol beverage world, we have to do it that way. Correct. <laughs> right? Uh whereas, you know, uh, someone selling an exhaust kit doesn't have to do it that way. They Right, and that's they what certainly can used to do eat. it that way. Yes. Yeah. Uh so to for them to sell products directly. And these days, more so after COVID than anything, everybody's fine with just shit coming in the mail. (laughs) Yeah. So that
3: was the thing. Like during COVID, we, (laughs) as a trade association, we called all of our members and said, okay, we're here for you. How can we help? And we were tracking their business. And in 2020, they had growth. In 21, they had like, some companies had 20, 25% growth And then they had that same amount of growth the next year. So when you talk to some manufacturers in our industry and say, are you back to pre COVID levels? That's bad for them because they've had two years of double digit growth. And it was because they were able to build this more streamlined connection to the end user. And the end user is just more apt to be able to do their research online. And, and, and it's not taking retail out of things completely, but there's been this, this, this shift and, and we noticed the shift and said, what do we need to do to be able to um, skate where the puck is going? I guess it's the analogy instead yeah. of skate where the puck is.
2: And the key is ease of purchase. Yeah. Right? I mean, no, for sure. It's a one-click sale. And if you can make things convenient for the consumer, then there you go. Yeah,
3: because they're going to they're gonna win at the end of the day. Um, if, if you can make something easy for someone to buy and lower the, the burden mm-hmm. of entry, if you will, um, you'll sell more things, and and that's really, I think, what the evolution of the marketplace is. And, and it sounds um, again very scientific in terms of what we're doing, but it's hard to be able to uh, to change quickly. So we know there's going to be this this years of adoption that's going to happen, and it may not work, but. Our our job as a trade association is to try to stay relevant and try to try to keep up with these trends, and and be there when our members need us the most. And, and that really is, I think, the the crux of what we've built with this thing.
1: Okay, so I we kind of jumped in from the get go on the the, <laughs> the business side of SEMA Fest, but
2: uh, what's well, about the entertainment?
1: Yeah, let's yes. talk about the fun stuff. What can we expect at SEMA Fest?
3: Where, so, first of all, it,
1: where where is it physically located
3: in so regards to the located, convention center? It's at the Las Vegas Festival grounds. So we're we're it's Las Vegas Strip adjacent. So okay. I'd say it's probably a quarter mile away from the West Hall of the convention center where we're we're doing the trade show. Yeah, um, and it's a forty-seven acre festival grounds. Okay, that really started. In 2015, Rock and Rio came to Las Vegas, and, and they thought they were going to have a, a 250,000 version of Rock and Rio in Las Vegas. Um, and I went to that event in 2015, and, and i have been researching where we need to be today for that. Like I came out here and spent a lot of my time in empty parking lots and watching shuttle buses and moving transportation, because that is we knew that that was going to be a thing that we'd eventually want to grapple with. So I didn't know if it was going to be five years, 10 years or 15 years down the road, but I've really studied this north side of the strip. So it's happening at the Las Vegas festival grounds. It's going to be close to the show. So people will be able to go back and forth, but we're only only overlapping about four hours with the trade show. Um, The event goes from noon to call it midnight on Friday and then noon to midnight on Saturday. But what you can expect is is really top level Bands. That was one thing that we wanted to um, differentiate from anything we'd done in the past was was to have really good bands there and incredible automotive activation. So we've got Hoonigan and Formula Drift and Nitro Circus doing shows, and we're treating them almost like bands. So the way we've got it set up is we want people to be able to move around, and we've we're, we haven't gone vertical with anything. So the music is sort of horizontal where we've got some hip hop and we've got some rock and, and different types of, uh, or different genres of music. In the same way, we've got different genres of car activations and automotive activations going on. So that's what we're hoping is people are gonna be able to go there and just explore and and find their tribe, if you will, and, and just enjoy this event with them. Um, and that's, again, how we designed it, it'll be really interesting to see how the music crowd and the automotive crowd react. But the, the thing I can equate it to is, you know, I've, I've been to a bunch of festivals. I was just recently at one um, where a band came out and they started just the beginning of a song that everybody knew and this incredible like adrenaline started to go through the crowd and people were just popping. And it's the same way when you're at an NHRA event and you hear a top fuel dragster and it beats your heart for you. Or you hear a V8 engine or um, an exotic car start up and rev. And and there's crowds of people that just like dig that. So we're taking the same passion and we're pushing them together and we're seeing what happens. And I'm really excited to be able to see people that are gonna be really, really big fans of Formula Drift Want to go see Wiz Khalifa perform and and just have that whole experience of all their passions coming together.
2: I listen. It's I, going we to change we, when everything's an EV. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I listen. I,
1: as uh, you know, with with Bill, uh, a veteran of live events, and I've been there and I've seen it. We were out in Vegas. We went to Legion Stadium, and you're right. That first note, you you hit Bill's intro music and the hair stands up on the back of your neck and, yes. and the big man runs into the ring. There's no way that's not super exhilarating and nerve wracking every time that right. that happens for the fans. Cause they're so excited and, and I'm there with kids going, you know, and their parents going, Oh, look, look at this. And, uh, but, but you know what we're talking about, Bill, you've, you've done it. Yeah. It so just,
2: I, yeah obviously you just want to replicate that in a different scene. And, uh, you know, hats off to you guys for coming up with a, a great idea. We hope, obviously, that it works and uh, that we can attend the next one.
1: Now, we're going to have to pace this out a little bit, the the <laughs> drifting and stuff in the music, because as someone who's done live podcasts at the SEMA show during Ford Outfront events, there's yeah. no way you could get those cars on the and and have a conversation at the same time. You need a way for them to like reload people or change tires for to, to have a conversation outside. So, hopefully there's a, a you can get the schedule. So, listen, uh is the website. Um Wiz Khalifa, Incubus, Imagine Dragons, AJR, Walk the Moon, Third Eye Blind, Bush, Ludacris. The list goes on and on, it's a huge music festival, and in between these acts, there's nitro circus, there's hoonigans, there's formula drift—sort uh, of the 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 ultimate combination of automotive and music. As you as you were saying,
3: uh, yeah, you're going to see stuff you've never seen. Like, think of a, a Ken Block um, memorial, right, or or a tribute to Ken Block. Mm-hmm. The way they want to do this is to have 43 cars drifting at the same time. That's not something you're ever going to see anywhere else. No, those that sounds are the like carnage. Of, yeah, it's it's, but that's that's the that's that's Hoon again, and it's it's their way of of tipping their hat to their founder, and and it's that's the level of um, uniqueness that's that's going to be at the event. The new X Games.
1: Kind of, kind of a new x-games um uh and, and like nitro circus and, and like ww it's kind of a stunt show and it's it's fun and it's entertaining and it's it's uh it's 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 monster jam as well right like it's a little bit yeah. of that which is just a a big dance it's a big ballet of monster trucks right it's a version of that right. um it should be awesome i'm looking forward to it how are is there is there some integration of SEMA ignited? And what I mean is, is are all the cars that normally go to SEMA ignited from the trade show floor? Are, are they going, is that a car show portion of this? How does that work?
3: Not in this initial year. Okay. Um, Because we, we learned over the years, we've, we've now done this cruise um, since 2011. So um, we're on our 11th year, but we've learned that the cars at the show don't necessarily um, do well going long distances or. Yeah. I didn't want to bring that up.
1: (laughs) I didn't want to bring that up, but, but SEMA ignited version one at the lake. It was was hundreds of cars. And they're all going, we got to go where? And then the traffic was so bad. It took so long and everyone was running out of gas because you're not allowed to have more than, you know, just a couple of gallons uh, on the SEMA show floor. And, uh i i remember like i we were in a press car i think we were in like a jag uh press car um and i was with pete chapores and mm-hmm. and pete's like let's check out the evening ignited and it's like we couldn't <laughs> even get there and cars were and people walking up and down the street with gas yeah. cans and stuff it was uh i remember uh, the first
2: time we did the optimal streetcar invitational and we led the Friday launch yeah, hour, and then yeah. take that right and boom, you're slammed into traffic. You're
1: yeah. slammed into traffic. I mean, yeah. even with closing roads and police escort, there's just no way to get that many cars to, to go a distance, you know, like it's, it's kind of, yeah. Cause there's, there's, there's 1200 cars in that parade now. Yeah. Like it's a big thing. thing. I, I mean, anything. having it leave the building and just go to the grandstands and to the West hall, that is the parade. So it's slow, yeah. but you're right with that many cars. Uh I had cars on display at a car on display last year. So I, I, the car wasn't able to make it to the parade, but I was there with the car watching everyone kind of leave. And I was getting some photos and some videos and talking to the few of the friends in the space that, you know, you had cars there. And before I knew it, I was like, "We've been standing here for three hours, and these cars are still <laughs> leaving the convention center." Yeah. Uh, and and you know, people are sitting in their cars, almost falling asleep, going, "Hey, this is this is the parade portion." So, and they only have to go to West, basically West Hall. So,
3: yeah, so we've uh, shortened it up a little bit. We still have twenty thousand people plus come out to that event, and the thing that's that's amazing to me is everybody's got their their camera out. So we're getting. Yeah hundreds of, of millions of um, views of, of stuff like that when you really yeah. get down to it but it's not going to connect to the event this year but but really what we're what we're doing is we've got all these things kind of happening and we're just trying to anchor ourselves where we can start to build this week and when you look at um, other industries like Sturgis or South by Southwest or to a certain extent, um, Car Week in in Northern California, like they they don't start intentionally. It, it kind of happens organically. So we've done a little bit of intention with SEMA Fest, but this thing is going to grow organically. And if we have a way where we can fit that cruise into something, and tie everything together, we'll continue to do that. But it really is just trying us trying to promote the automotive lifestyle and. And continue to build this, this movement of passion and enthusiasm for anything on, on four wheels with a motor.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I'm looking forward to it, Tom. And I appreciate you being here and, and talking about it. Uh, you know, the this the SEMA show, uh, our listeners have heard a, a lot about it, you know, for the last you know, 15 years or so that we've been doing podcasting, Bill and I, the last four years, and we're veterans of the show so uh we wanted to to chat a little bit about this portion of it so uh simafest.com is the website you guys can still get tickets there um there's uh different packages so you just go to the website and find out if you want to do a single day you want to do double day uh you know vip passes all kinds of fun stuff so i uh, it's going to be fun and I wish you guys the best of luck and I will be there. Bill's not going to be able to make it, but he's got a hold up in Texas on the ranch <laughs> and, uh, uh no, ball, boys, I got to make it
2: Friday night. So,
1: yeah. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm definitely excited to check it out and, uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, like we said, uh, we're, we're, we're friends with so many of you guys at SEMA and the exhibitors and, and so many of the media and people that, uh, uh, you know the SEMA show itself. I look forward to. It's a chance for us to to connect with so many people within the industry and a, a handful that we don't normally get to see uh, out here on the West Coast because they're not they're not out here. Right. So, um, looking forward to that and all the cool cars and the cool parts. I'm I tell you one of my favorite things of SEMA. Uh, I know the cars are 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 kind of the big attraction, but every year I go to the new product section and i go up mm-hmm. and down every single aisle and i just like to get a glimpse of all the new cool stuff that's coming out there i am an aftermarket parts super freak and uh and and have been for a long time and bill knows it's sort of an encyclopedia of aftermarket parts uh, uh so i'm a fan of 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 that portion of the show
3: yeah and, and stuff like that really people don't understand the evolution of the SEMA show. But the last two years, the SEMA show has been the most attended trade show in the country. And our new product showcase is the largest new product showcase at any trade show in the country. And we just have this thing that we think is normal. That's spectacular. So again, I'm a trade show nerd. I've I've been uh, producing the SEMA show for SEMA since 2011. Um, And I have a bunch of industry people who are coming to this to see how we do stuff. And that to me is the the ultimate compliment. When you have somebody else that does a prestigious event that says, hey, do you mind if I come check out your new product showcase? So Matt, it's cool that you go there because we spend a lot of time just making that area efficient so you can see all the new stuff. But there's so many nooks and crannies that happen at the SEMA show that people just see as normal because they're in this industry that are completely unique to any other event you go
1: to. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I enjoy it. So I look forward to it every year. And you know, it's it's a nice <laughs> if if I can reduce the amount of work and just have turn it more into a, a fun vacation trip, then that's probably good. Although, you know, it gets expensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to be in Vegas for a week. But uh Tom, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Uh we're gonna wrap things up. And, uh, yeah, start uh, gearing up for heading out to the SEMA show. So uh, SEMAfest.com is the website. And until next time, keep the air in the spare, in the bag, in the wheel.
2: And your foot on the flip.
1: For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.
0: When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy.